Hi, welcome to the Penis Project podcast. This is the place to come to find out everything you've always wanted to know about men's health but were too embarrassed to ask. Join physiotherapist Dr. Joe Milios and sexologist nurse practitioner Melissa Hadley-Barrett as they talk to real men and the experts about men's private parts. Have a burning question you really want to know the answer to? Please subscribe to our website at thepenisproject.org and just ask us. The greater the length while the greater the strength, the more time I've got for you. There's too much talking, texting, tweeting, posting. Too much noise altogether. In silence is strength and peace and space. Imagine silence forever. The Penis Project podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by PROST, Exercise for Prostate Cancer, and the RS Health Penile Rehabilitation Program. PROST is a not-for-profit charity set up by myself in 2012 that aims to help men exercise during their experience with prostate cancer. If you want to know anything more about PROST, including our online service and USB product now available, please just go to prost.com.au. Hi, I'm Melissa Hadley-Barrett and I designed the Penile Rehabilitation Program to help men recover from prostate cancer. It's an online program built on decades worth of knowledge and experience and practice. It's the only one of its kind in the world and it actually works. So if you've been diagnosed with prostate cancer and want to get your penis working again as quickly as possible, and why wouldn't you, then visit penilerehabilitationprogram.com and you'll be off and running. And it only takes about 15 minutes a day. All the best with your recovery, which I promise will never be as bad as you think. November 11, 11am, 60 seconds, kids watch on the wall. In the pub, in the tab, in the car. Welcome to the Penis Project podcast. And today we have Phoenix with us. Phoenix is uh, chatting to us via Zoom. And Phoenix has been going through his uh, prostate cancer story for the last eight or nine months. Had surgery way back in July 2022. That sounds about right, doesn't it, Phoenix? Yep, that is spot on. Right, so what we want to do today is just have a bit of a chat about how things have been going. You haven't had the easiest uh, run and it's, you know, important that we have a look at all aspects of recovery and you've had a couple of different things pop up along the way. So, yeah, give us a little bit of a, a brief rundown on how, how things have been going for you. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Um, it's been a uh, also Phoenix. Maybe tell us as well how old you are and your physical state before the surgery, because I think that's kind of relevant too. Okay. Um. Yeah. Fifty four. Um. And I was fifty four when I had the surgery. Um. So yeah, birthday coming up fairly soon. That that would naturally mean. Um. So how's my fitness beforehand? Look, relatively good. Um. You know, went to the gym, did a bit of running, just and and ate fairly well so um i'd say i was in pretty good general health um at that point in time so but um yeah w- when i found out that i that i had the prostate cancer it can- did come as a bit of a surprise so um i suppose it was having um uh issues uh passing urine um and that prompted me to to keep an eye on my uh, psa over over about three years um and then in 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 the february um the psa went up just a little bit more again so that that uh um the the doctor asked if i can go and get some more uh, some more tests done so an mri and then a, and then ultimately a biopsy so um 
that that was in about March last year and then went in for surgery in July. So caught it fairly early, which is good. Um, since then, look, uh, I've had two two uh, PSA tests since um, and has been totally, totally free, which is uh, absolutely brilliant. So uh, um, caught it right in time and surgeon did a did a great job as well. So um, yeah, it was really it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the recovery. Um, I think but I remember. Sorry, one more oh, question, Phoenix. You yeah. didn't have any other medical issues at all, did you? Before then, you hadn't really been sick before. No, no. it was the first time I'd been in hospital since I was a teenager to have a mole removed. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a new experience for me. Yeah, as I remember, that was the reason I thought it would be good to interview you because I think a lot of guys we see that have never been in hospital or had any chronic diseases or anything before and then they get this. It is a bit of a shock, isn't it? Like it's kind of like you thought you were bulletproof and then something happens like this. You're not, he's nodding his head for those who can't see yeah. him. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, look, look t- totally true. Um and and to be honest, I, I I don't think I took it seriously enough um, when I found out. I mean, you know, I, I told people that I had cancer, and but it didn't sort of, it didn't sort of, um, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It was just yeah, it was just a word. Um, I didn't feel sick. Um, I wasn't going through radiotherapy, and you hear stories of people, you know, with chemo and radio and how sick they are. But I, I just I wasn't sick, um, so um, it sort of felt surreal. Um, I was just I was just telling people, yeah, I'm going to get my prostate out, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> um, until afterwards, until <laughs> I realised what what uh, the recovery would look like. So, but it was probably better better that way anyway. So, because mm. I think that's the other thing as well is like we've often interviewed guys on here that are your age that have had a really easy recovery, haven't we? So it's nice yeah. to. I think it's also good to give the other side that it's been a little bit more. Challenging. Challenging. Yeah. So tell us about that. Yeah, well, um, uh, a a good friend of mine had been through the same thing probably two years before, and uh, he was saying that um, he was fully recovered um, uh, around about four months afterwards. And I go, well, that's fine, so I'll go for three and a half. So that was was my (laughs) aim. Um, So um, all was going well. Look, uh, I didn't have a whole lot of uh, leakage at the start. Um, I know uh, through through both of you, you've shared stories that, uh, that there are some men who leak a hell of a lot. I'd never had any um, any any massive issues, uh, but what I did find it was uh, it was hard to to move past um, w- 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 where I started from. Um, so it was always always low, uh, but trying to get it down lower and lower um, it proved to be a little bit difficult. So. Um, I did my exercises probably a little more strenu- strenuously um, and probably longer and more often in the aim because I'm still aiming for that three and a half. Um, mm-hmm. And what actually happens is, now I don't know if it's directly related or not, but um, um, I developed a uh, a fissure um, up, up, up my bum, um, which for those who don't know is a uh, it's a it's a tear and um, it's the most painful thing I have ever experienced, um, and nothing else has come close. Um, to the point I couldn't walk uh, for around about three weeks before I managed to get into see a surgeon. And do you think that was like, did the surgeon say, because you're certainly the first person I've seen develop this after, so did he say that could be related to this and the amount of exercise, like pelvic exercise and things you were doing, or did he? It's it could have just been a random occurrence? 
it could have been a random occurrence. Um, I mean, in my mind, I was putting one and one and it was coming up with three, and so mm. it was directly related, but, I mean, who knows? Mm. Um, it looked, I, I suppose I just dealt with it as another issue to to, to work my way through. It did mean that uh, the exercises that I was doing, I couldn't do Yeah. Um, for, for around about well, two and a half, three months, I reckon. Yeah, okay. And did Joe, did you have you noticed seeing people with an anal fissure at the same time? I mean, I don't think they are related. I, I never have either, actually. No, I think you're just unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> Good how, on me. How long after the surgery did it develop, do you think? Uh, probably about three months. About three months. Yeah, yeah, it was around about three months. So, um, and then it took me an, almost another six to eight weeks to get in to see a, a specialist uh, to, to, to deal with that. So, um, it was just one of those things that built up and built up to the point where it just it got got really bad. But um, yeah, but of course, I mean, I was going to put one and one together. Mm. Um, and I'm doing exercise. I've just had surgery, and now this has happened. It must be related. But in hindsight, whether it was or wasn't, who knows? Yeah. And how was it treated? Um, surgically. Um, so the doctor went, went up there, and um, so. I don't know how much detail you want to get into, but well, um, all the detail, the better. <laughs> all the detail. <laughs> um, so when the tears up there, the uh, the muscles the muscles inside inside the anus um, tighten up uh, to the extent that they're tight the whole time, uh, which creates more more issues when you need to go to the loo. It's hard to pass, um, and that just keeps on tearing. So the, uh, the the doctor goes up there and snips the muscle, and and that relaxes it. Um, so. Yeah, that was a that was a day surgery, but um, uh, because I'd only had the prostate uh, surgery not that long before, they asked us to stay in there um, for for not excuse me for a night, just to make sure that there weren't any any uh, urinal complications. So, and how did you fare after that procedure? Did that help much to the situation? Oh yeah, it was brilliant. <laughs> 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 it was fantastic. Um, yeah, it was it was pro- probably a little bit sore for a couple of weeks, uh, but yeah, n- nothing much more. Um, the the weekend of so it happened. I think I had the surgery on the Thursday, come out on the Friday, and on the Saturday, just lying on the couch, and I actually couldn't get up. It was I was in agony on on the Saturday, thinking, oh, geez, they they must have missed something, or well, left something behind, <laughs> or they left something behind, or whatever the case, and. Um, I, I rang the. Um, I got to the point. I rang the uh, the emergency number of the the, the nurse, um, and uh, she asked me to to stick my phone underneath and just you know ha- have a bit of a look. And I said, "Oh, look, um, there's a really big red patch on on, on the skin. So as a matter of fact, it looks like you know it's uh, the skin missing." She goes, "Oh, okay. They must have ripped that off when the um, when they're taking the bandages off." Oh. oh. <laughs> So all right, so like it was just as bad. Um, no. So I needed to go and get some more cream for that as well. So some 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 nappy rash cream. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was okay. But um, yeah, so um, look, and since then it's been slowly but slowly uh, getting better. I do need to go in for another um, operation in a couple of weeks because um, it's still not fully fully right. So they're just going to go in there and uh, just to, to 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 have another look and see if, uh, if if anything else is going on in there. Ouch. And so because of that surgery, then you couldn't do your pelvic floor exercises that Joe had given you. So did you kind of go just stagnant with your urine loss after the post um, yeah. prostate removal or did it get worse? Um, I don't recall it getting worse. Um, it, look, to be honest, um, I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to it. 
Um, just my mind was focused on pain management. Mm. Um, but certainly afterwards, probably after about two to three weeks, I got confident again to start doing the exercises again. I think, Joe, if you remember, I, I, I felt more comfortable lying down doing mm-hmm. them first because yeah. um, I, I was at that point I was worried that I was, um, you know, exercising the wrong part of the muscle. So I was focusing on, on getting the front part of the pelvic floor muscle. Um, and that, for whatever reason, just felt more. Um, I felt more comfortable or confident to to, to be able to, to be able to do that. But um, look, pretty quickly, I was able to move on and um, just build up to, uh, to to where I was um, for, for, from a from an exercise perspective. Yeah. Mm. Don't more questions. <laughs> I was going to say, how, how are things going now? Yeah. Um, Continents wise. Yeah. It looked um, good. So I know. Um, I forget what the treatment's called, Joe. I think it's a shock. Is it shockwave? The focal shockwave therapy. Yeah. So, look, uh, after the first one, I didn't notice many difference. After the second one, um, which was only a couple of weeks ago, um, probably the last couple of days uh, before the third one, I started to think that I could notice a difference. Um, had the third one last week, and I'm pretty sure now I can feel a difference. Um, so I'm able to walk now, and there's certainly less uh, less leakage. Um, so I've been for a couple of 45-minute walks. Um, and, yeah, there's still leakage, but it's nowhere near as noticeable. So and how much were you losing before the shockwave and then how much do you reckon you're losing now? Um, look, I've stopped wearing pads, so mostly stopped wearing pads, um, probably about four weeks ago. Um, but if I do go and do exercise, I'll, I'll, I'll throw one in. Um, so last week, it's probably about eight mil. In a day? No, that's just um, in an afternoon. So I'm, usually my my progression now is around about four or five o'clock. I'm pretty much free, so um, which is really good. Uh, but then I, for whatever reason, it just it just starts up. So if I if I go for a run or I um, or I go to the gym or whatever the case, I'll throw a pad in. So after that, we we'll ran about anywhere between eight eight to ten. Uh, so, sometimes a little bit more. Okay, um, so sorry, before you even started the shockwave and you'd just been doing the normal pelvic floor thing, how many mils a day were you losing then? I wasn't wasn't measuring. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd stop measuring. Yeah. I asked you it was about 16 mils or something. Yeah, yeah. So then it was kind of halved when you had the shockwave. Yeah, well, it's it's starting. Yeah, I'm starting to notice a, a difference now, so uh, after the third one, so. Um, and the shockwave isn't really meant to be designed for urinary incontinence, actually. It's meant to be more involved in the sexual function recovery. Yep. I was actually trialling it with that. A lot of guys who'd had a little bit of a persistent leakage just happened to comment on more than a few occasions mm. to take notes. So I've uh, made a little protocol up just for guys who, you know, might be struggling in it. I think it's a lot to do with the fact that the same nerve responsible for the sexual function, part of the pudendal nerve links to the bladder and the incontinence function. You can actually hopefully get a, a two-for-one uh, benefit. Mm. And have you noticed since you've had the shockwave treatment any change in your erectile function? Um, n- nothing of substance, but what I have noticed is that um, there's probably uh, my mind is able to create a reaction, um, uh, nothing huge, but um, it's, yeah, so I haven't been able to do, uh, haven't been able to do that uh, up until now, so but. Maybe yeah, so there's a, there's a little little change there. Yeah, yeah. there's a little and change there. And you're at the right time for that to start happening as well because you're 10 months post-op now. Yep. So up until 
like very recently, you weren't getting any engorgement at all on your own, were you? Minimal. Yeah, yeah, minimal. So with a bit of stimulation now, without an injection or anything, what what sort of can you get a bit of engorgement? Like yeah. half or a quarter? Yeah. Or? yeah, look, I mean, it's always, um, I've always been able to get something going. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like it's getting a little bit stronger now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still not, still not. I wouldn't say it's eighty percent yet, but it's a, it, it'd be you know, uh, you know, sixty, seventy percent. And does um, it last for a, any amount of time, no. or is it fleeting? It's pretty fleeting, yeah. Yeah, and then, and this is you know, like I know we've spoken to guys on the podcast that have got function back much faster, but like I usually see that there's not a whole lot going on until twelve months, and then it's a slow burn. After that, people get better. And I just think that first 12 months is a long time and very frustrating. Yeah. <clears throat> look, excuse me. Um, look, I haven't found it that frustrating. Uh, it, it's, you know, th- this bit I was I was ready for in, in terms of um, everyone had told me the same thing. So I haven't really rushed it, haven't put any pressure on myself and, you know, myself and my wife are just, we just let, let, let it go at, at, at its own pace. So... Um, you know, using the injection has been has been helpful, but you know there are there are other ways to 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 do things. So it's yeah. it's been fine. And how have you found your orgasm post surgery? Yeah, pretty intense. I reckon it's more intense than before. Yeah, we hear that a lot. I reckon a lot of people say that. Yeah, yeah well, the research says yeah. only happens four percent of the time, but I think it happens about. A good seventy percent of the time. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. It's, it's the the fast twitch fiber training when we do the quick contractions of the pelvic floor. That that actually is the stimulus of orgasm function. So okay. Yeah, it's I reckon no. way more than four percent. Actually, I'm going to send out a survey monkey to my like all of the patients we have and ask them if they think their orgasms more intense or less intense. Yeah, because that'd be really interesting to know. Because I feel like more people, way more people, well, I think say about that. 70%. Yeah, I reckon Joe's right. I'll do that. You'll get a survey monkey yeah. soon. No worries. Because <laughs> I think it would be really interesting to know. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a pleasant surprise. There's one, one, one nice surprise. <laughs> yeah, I always say to people when I meet them pre-op, it might be the silver lining in all of this. There's another silver lining, and that's that your prostate gets bigger as you get older so it ends up being mm. a problem for most guys anyway and you said right at the beginning that you'd had troubles with slow slower yep. flow so that's all better now is it yeah i uh, don't have any issues there at all um it's uh yeah, from from day one or well, from day one since the uh the, the catheter came out it's been uh um full full throttle basically um so you know i'm in full control of that now as well you know i can turn it on and off when when, when i need to so whereas before it you know, the early days it, it flowed and then if you wanted to stop it, bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> and so have you got any, apart from the anal fissure pain, have you got any other pain? None at all. Yeah. Okay. None at all, yep. And have you got any takeaways for guys that might be in your position and are thinking I'm going to be better than my mate and do it quicker? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I think... Um, uh, trust trust the, uh, the the health the, the the health advice you get um, and and go with the flow uh, would be my would be my advice. Um, okay. tr- try not to be too competitive about it, and um, you know if you're asked to do certain certain exercises, just just do them the way you're being asked to. 
don't don't try and do more and more <laughs> of them and whatever else more more reps like it isn't like going to the gym no. that's been my experience anyway yeah, I think it's the same with the pump. Like often guys will go, I've been using the pump, but I keep getting a bruise. And I'm like, well, you're only supposed to just pump it up 60%, not the bigger is better. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of people think, oh, if I do that, then if I do double, it'll be better. Yeah. That's guys, isn't it? Like you think, oh, yeah, I'll just, you know, it's sort of me, so I'll just beef it up a bit more and. Yeah, you and another ten kilos there. Yeah, exactly. yeah. no, it's it's you're right. It's it's, it's how it, it is how it works. So um, yeah, and yeah, like I said, the competitiveness side of me, and you know, so this friend of mine, the four month friend, he just laughs at me now. He goes, mate, it's it's been nine months. You know, you're not even close. No, <laughs> oh, but you know what I think as well is I do think sometimes people forget, like two years down the track, actually how long it took them, mm. because. I've got this example at the moment where I've got these two mates who had one guy had his surgery four months after the other and the other guy keeps telling his mate that everything is completely normal and like I know that's not true because I see both of them but obviously (laughs) I can't tell the second guy your mate's telling you crap like (laughs) he's telling him crap you know like and that's not the first time like you see it quite often where they, I think a bit of time passes and it's a bit like childbirth. You forget how horrible it was as pretty soon after and then you kind of, the times all get lost a bit. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so, that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, have you got any other questions, Jojo? I think well, the only thing I was going to say is that um, there is a condition where some people do have an overactive pelvic floor. They actually have a pelvic floor that's a bit too tight naturally. It might be about 10% of people, so even though we're not sure if they're, you know, related, we should never really experience pain when we do pelvic floor exercises. So sometimes um, less is more. And if you are someone that potentially had a tighter pelvic floor from the very beginning, if we train it too much, it just gets tighter. And um, we sometimes, you know, need to relax that pelvic floor. So I just wanted to throw that in that, you know, there's, it, it is, not that uncommon for some people to experience um, pain or difficulty with pelvic floor. But the good news is if you've got a tight pelvic floor before the surgery, you don't normally have as much leakage, urinary leakage. So um, you don't tend to have to do as much pelvic floor. So if your pelvic floor was a little bit tight and you did a lot of training, it, it could have ended up increasing the tone a bit. But um, we're not quite sure. The mm. jury's out on that. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's all it's all happened, and uh, you know, so it's all part of the journey. And look, it's been challenging at times, frustrating. But uh, um, look, n- knowing that we'll eventually get there is um, the the main thing, and um, that we're trying um, everything that we can do. So that's for me the most important thing. So, and you have stopped wearing pads for the last four weeks, so that's a, that's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, look, uh, without a doubt it is. Um, you know, I still I still throw a few tissues down there. I, I couldn't do it without those. So, but um yeah, and 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 like I said, you know, uh, you know, if I if I know I'm gonna do exercise, I'll still throw a pad in there because I've um sort of showing in the shorts and uh, I've worked out now just to wear some dark shorts. Um uh when when I was when I was running with, with without a pad, that is. So um yeah, but um yeah, it's yeah, it's all good. progress. Great. Well, it sounds like you're finally turning the corner and it's been a bit of an arduous 10 months, so hopefully it's heading up now. Um, I'm pretty confident it is. 
right. rise of the phoenix. That's right. The, the rise, rise of the phoenix. phoenix. That's what we'll call you. <laughs> we'll call this one the rise of the phoenix. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, thank it you so like much fun. for your time, Phoenix. Okay. Thank you very much. See ya. See ya. Bye. Bye. Tell you about a boy who lives inside me. It's been there all of my life. Hi, I'm Melissa, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. Just a reminder if you've been diagnosed with prostate cancer, I've built a penile rehabilitation program just for you. It's an online program packed with information, exercises and advice along with proven strategies that will get your penis back in working order as quickly as possible in about 15 minutes a day. If you like the sound of that, then please head over to penilerehabilitationprogram.com and you can start straight away or there's a link from the RS Health website. We would also love you to review and subscribe and share this podcast so we can help more men. Links to Instagram and Facebook are in the show notes. We look forward to seeing you there. So spread the word that help is available. All the best for now. Bye. I've got a boy of my own now. It fills me with pride. To see him growing so fast into a man. His victories become mine. I cry his tears.